Hey folks, welcome to episode 159 of the FLW podcast in Shaftesbury, Vermont. I'm Jody White. I'm joined by from, gosh, Kyle, I hate this, but I forget exactly. Winona? No, not Winona. No, no. Waconia. Waconia. Yeah. See, I had the W and then blew it. That's true. I mean, you were sort of there. Waconia. (sighs) Anyhow, we're joined by Kyle Wood from Waconia. There's a lake named after it. There is. Maybe vice versa. It's got bass in it. Yeah, I fished it. Caught a walleye on a 10-inch worm there once. Actually, 12-inch worm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was uh, dragging a Texas rig a little bit on the outer edge, and uh, it was, I guess, pretty hungry. <laughs> I'd say so. Um, but anyhow, uh, yeah, so that's the uh, that's the that's that's where you're at. That's where I'm at. Uh, there may be some animal noises, because um, we're not at ICAST anymore. <laughs> that's right <laughs> uh but you never know um anyhow we got a good show for you this week i think it'll probably be short because we're trying to like cram stuff in and do things we but, are uh i've got roy hawk on tap tomorrow for an interview so we'll talk a little lake murray he's out there right now cool um we'll talk a little uh forest wood cup a little roy hawkiness um and then uh you and i are going to probably talk a little cup um talk about a uh, usa bass team deal going on in Question south mark? africa <laughs> yeah we, we've got the scoop don't worry or some of the scoop anyhow uh talk some bfls preview the thousand islands a little bit and uh then we'll be out of here sound like a plan sounds good to me man all right well uh that said here is the one the only roy hawk all righty and now we're joined by forest wood cup qualifier uh Roy Hawk. Roy, I'm going to be right up front. Uh, This is, I think, the first time I've ever interviewed someone uh, from the water. I've done a lot of interviews where the guy is on the water and we call him and then we get some scratchy (laughs) cell phone reception or something. But this time it might be on my end. I'm actually out uh, on the south end of Lake Champlain right now. That's awesome. Um, But Roy, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time. And I understand you're down at Murray? Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually uh, right here on the shore. Um, I'm staying at a friend's house that lives here and looking out over the water right now as we're talking. Well, how does it how does it look, or how is it shaping up? Because you obviously you qualified in the fall uh, at the Coast FLW Series Championship. You came out of the West. You know, you're the best finisher from the Western Division. Um, so you've kind of known you've had. You've known you're going to be in the cup for quite a while now. Is this the first time you've been to Murray? Have you been out there before? What's your what's your practice situation? Uh, um, I was actually I've only been here one other time. Sonny, my son, he uh, he qualified for the Junior World Championship back in uh, I think it was '08 when Bennett won here. Okay. And so he actually brought me to Murray for the first time when he qualified for a championship. So. But he, we both came out and he fished that tournament, and uh, I got to go out on the water with one of my friends that didn't make the cut in that uh, in that Forest Wood Cup, and uh, we went out for maybe three hours, that type of a deal. So that's the only other that's the only other experience I've had on Lake Murray. All right, other well, than uh, this week, so. I I gotta ask then, how did Sonny do? 
Um, he didn't fish this lake. He fished another one nearby, and I don't recall. He didn't do good, though. Okay. Um, you know, he wasn't, like, in the top ten or anything, but just getting there was really cool, and, and that was actually, I think that was the first time I ever went to a uh, forest wood cup. So I, I was there to experience it and all that, and that's all because my son brought me to it. So it was all pretty right. cool. And then I guess the next cup you were at was probably, well, it was the one you were both at, and Sonny won it on Wachita, right? <laughs> Yeah, that was amazing. What an amazing time. And and just the whole experience, being able to practice together and the whole thing was really, really cool. Yeah, that and was... And then to see him win. It was exceptional. Uh, you know, I rarely... Yeah. Like, you guys are both uh, very happy, genuine people in person. And, <laughs> you know, it was really incredible to see that on stage. I was... You know, I don't... I don't pay as much attention to the co-angler side on, in the Forestwood Cup. And uh-huh. obviously there aren't co-anglers now, but... You know, that's a, ter- a tournament where I always am 99% focused on the pros because it's the big payday, right. it's the championship event. Uh, but gosh, Sonny really, uh, really stole my, stole the show there for a little while. Um, that was a that was a really cool time. Um, it was a it was a moment we'll never forget. That's for sure. But anyhow, you're on Murray now. Um, this mm-hmm. is you're gonna be actually fishing your second Forestwood Cup. How's right. how's practice been? Because obviously now is the pre-practice time. It's not official practice, uh, but you're getting the lay of the land. Yeah, it, you know, first, you know, I really like the lake. It's a really, really cool lake. Um, I like the way it lays out. Um, has a lot of different options. Um, but the fishing, man, it's really, really tough. At least it has been for me. And, um, you know, the sense that I get from it is it's going to be tough for the tournament which, you know, in the past ones they've had here, it's been pretty brutal this time of year. Um, but it's cool. I mean, you got lots and lots of options. Um, there's a lot of different patterns. You know, I've been bit a variety of different ways. You're just not getting a ton of bites any particular way. So um, there's a lot of options. You know, I think you're going to have to, you know, fish the conditions, and, uh, you know, you're going to be covering a lot of water either way. So uh, it's a pretty neat place. That, that makes sense. Um, have you ever, like, does it compare to anything that you've fished before? You know, does it, I know you've, mm-hmm. you know, you've fished mostly out west, but you've kind of traveled the country a right. fair amount, too. You've got a kind of a fair amount of time in the Ozarks. Um, you know, what, mm-hmm. if you had to compare it to something, what would you? You know, I, I, I can't really compare it to something, necessarily. There's little bits and pieces, and that's one of the things that I've been going through in pre-practice is, I'll see something that looks a little bit like Table Rock or Lake of the O's or something. And I'll, you know, I'll try and run that type of stuff or I'll see something that's even like a little bit like Kentucky Lake, you know, some ledges and stuff. So then I'll start running some of those to check it out, you know, and, you know, having the clear water, I'm used to fishing out, you know, out West, that type of stuff. And, um, you know, it, it, it really, there's, it, it's like a lot of different lakes. Um, I would have really liked to have seen it when it had good grass in it. Um, that would have been really, really cool. All right, that so would have had a whole new variable. So you're not you're not sold on the grass then? Because I've I've heard that there's a lot of uh, the the water's a little higher than usual, and like there's a lot of that mm-hmm. bank grass uh, yeah. in the lake. Is that is that mm-hmm. not what you're looking for necessarily, or are you not seeing that? No, there there is areas that have a lot of it. A lot of it's really really shallow, but there is deeper uh, shore grass as well. But I'm talking about like when they had they had like uh, either hydrilla or milfoil or something in this lake in the past, 
Yeah, they and, did. Uh, they did for a while, I think, Hydrilla. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been pretty cool to see that. There is some other aquatic vegetation. I don't know what they call it, but I've, each one thing cool about this lake is each little section is quite a bit different than the other section. You know, there's some places that have like that shore grass that's in deeper water and some that it's really, really, really shallow and some areas don't have any of it. And then you'll find, I found some areas that do have aquatic vegetation. Some of it stands like three feet tall um, off the bottom and, you know, six, seven, eight feet of water. So, but it, there isn't a lot of it that I've found so far like that. And it's not a, it's not a real good grass to fish in type deal like uh, hydrilla or milfoil would be. Okay. It's kind of stringy, and but it's still variable, and it's something unique to that area. And each little section is just, it's, it, when you get into it, you know, it kind of looks the same if you're just driving around looking, but if when you get into it, I mean, there's very, very unique variables in each section of the lake. I, I find that pretty interesting. It's one of the cool things I like about it. Cool. How is this practice compared to like what you did for Wachita. Did you come out in advance and spend a bunch of time mm-hmm. on Wachita when you practice there? And are you kind of trying to pursue the mm-hmm. same plan? Or are you trying to shake it up? Um, yeah, it's actually, it's similar. Um, we came out, I don't remember how many days we got uh, in pre-practice, but me and Sonny came out and pre-practice together and, and camped and um, spent quite a bit of time on the on the lake. And when we came back for the official practice, we actually ended up by the time the tournament rolled around we ended up abandoning everything that we found in the pre-practice but we became uh, you know we we got a lot of knowledge of the lake and the, the way it was laying out and we knew it was easy to transition you know and find uh, better quality areas to fish as things changed when we came back so that's what I'm looking at here. I'm, I'm getting an overview of the lake and seeing how it lays out, and then I'll try and, um, you know, adapt once the tournament gets closer. So on tournament day, if you find out, if you figure a pattern out, you're not saying, yeah. gosh, where can I run this? You're saying, I know where I can run this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Yep. Cool. Well, I think and, that's... And, that, and that's the idea. I mean, you may you may get lucky and find, like, you know, say a hump that's got a bunch of bass on it or something, and you know, be able to come back in a couple of weeks and they're actually still there and catch them in the tournament. But, um, that's not very likely. I don't think. Yeah. It seems uh, like a, it would be a very special spot. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd love to find it, but <laughs> yeah, I guess my last question, you know, Murray has kind of, it's been, you know, I guess Brent Ayler almost won the, won the last cup mm-hmm. there, uh, off like brush piles and stuff. And then right. schooling fish play a lot, and of course the bank plays a lot. Have you mm-hmm. spent a bunch of time idling around looking for stuff, or have you really sort of focused more on mm-hmm. uh, trying to lean on like the schooling fish or the bank fish, or have you just tried to do a little bit of everything? A little bit of everything. Um, I've been marking a lot of areas, and. Uh, you know, kind of going through it and marking them for certain aspects, like, a, you know, an area might look good for the possibility of schooling fish, um, you know, offshore structure I've been marking, things like that. Um, but, no, I haven't been running one idea necessarily. Yeah. You know, it isn't. I, I think that uh, 
I, I don't think I could determine which one would be the best because you could really win this thing deep or you could win a shallow, um, you know, or on schooling fish, you know, out over open water. And uh, I can't determine that right now. And I, I would be, I would be foolish, I think, just to run one thing and look at it, you know, unless, unless I just got lucky and <laughs> picked the <laughs> right one to focus on or something. But um, I've been, I've been mixing it up a lot each day. I'll mix it up a lot and, and I'll run, I'll run little bits of everything throughout one day, kind of getting a sample and doing just a lot of dry, you know, just a lot of looking around, marking stuff, looking around, you know, going up creeks, going up the river, you know, going down lake and, you know, it's just, it's a big, big place. It's, I don't know, I don't know how many shoreline miles there is, but there's a lot, you know, and I'm, I'm putting about a week in, so even with that, I'm not going to be able to hit it all by any means. Yeah, it's always, you know, you get to the uh, the cup and these championship events like this, and it's a small field. You know, you, there's only going to be 53 mm-hmm. boats out there uh, on tournament mm-hmm. day, and it's going to mean that you almost you have a hard time in three days of the tournament running out of water. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be, it's unlikely that it's going to be crowded. It's, you know, you're not, you're probably not sharing it with some sharing a spot with someone you know odds are mm-hmm. anyhow so that's right. that's probably a good thing oh yeah I, I like that a lot that's for sure and um, i like you know i I love fishing patterns and a, a lot of times in bigger events when we have a lot of anglers it's hard to run patterns because as soon as you leave one spot and you go to the next one four guys there you know what i mean yeah so it's harder to run patterns and, and tournaments more and more and we get you know 150 200 guys in a field you know or the one-off spot you know and finding that magic spot or a couple of magic spots you know to work the course of a multi-day tournament but and it's harder and harder to run patterns in general but this uh, is one you definitely could by <laughs> by all means yeah <laughs> if you can set up your own if patterns. you can find it you can run it probably um yeah and this is a great lake for it too good deal uh I guess, um, you know, what's your, what's your travel situation like for this? Did you, I guess you had to tow all the way out there. Are you going to leave your boat, uh, behind and fly back and then fly back again? Or what's your, uh, mm-hmm. how are you doing this? How long did it take you? I mean, what? you're in Arizona, yeah, it, you know? <laughs> yeah, it actually, uh, you know, I had a lot of help from a variety of different people, um, that, that helped kind of bring it all together and I couldn't do without them and, and, and they know who they are, and I, I greatly appreciate other help. But um, a big help was Sonny. Um, he flew to Phoenix, and I was in Havasu, drove to Phoenix, picked him up at the airport, and then he helped me drive out here. And it was about 33 hours from my house, and we did it all in one swoop. We didn't stop, nothing. Drove here, and then he got to pre-practice with me for a couple days, and then he flew home on Monday. And, uh, I fly and then I'll fly back home this coming Monday and I'll be home for, I guess about a week and a half. And then I'll be back here on, I'll fly back to, to Murray on the third and then Sonny flies out on the fourth and then he's going to practice the official practice with me. So that'll be cool. I got, you know, there's, you only got a few options of who you can practice, you know, it's basically what it's family members, basically. Yeah, it's family members, and I'm thankful I got I got probably the best practice partner in the field. So <laughs> it's a big help, and uh, I sure appreciate it. You know. Yeah, I like that. I hadn't really even uh, 
I hadn't really even thought of that, but you know, you're right. There's not too many. There's not too many guys mm-hmm. who can put a uh, a Forestwood Cup winner in the boat with them as a practice partner. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. And we have a good time. That's you know, this is an experience that we can share together. You know, as father and son, it's you know, it's awesome that we have that opportunity to be able to do it. You know, so. We're, we're both really thankful, and it's a memory that we're going to have forever. Um, there'll be Hopefully one day it'll be the other way around. He'll be the one fishing, qualifying for the Cup as a pro, and uh, he'll ask me to come help him practice. It'll be really cool. That, uh, that sounds like a good plan to me because, um, uh, yeah. you know, odds are I'll be there working it, uh, and I'll get to see you guys, and that always brightens my day. <laughs> um, That's cool. So, uh, so Roy... I guess tell people a little bit about yourself. You know, did you obviously you've been fishing essentially as a, uh, I guess almost full time it seems like, or maybe full time um, for a, quite a while now, but mostly out west. Uh, how did you how did you get into tournament fishing? You know, did your dad take you fishing? Did your mom take you fishing? Did you just kind of fall into it? Uh, what happened? Well, the I. I don't, you know, my dad very first took me fishing when I was just, I don't know, six or seven or something like that. And we fished for bluegill, but I, I just really, really enjoyed it. And it kind of, it's just a bug I caught and, uh, or it caught me something like that. And then, uh, um, I fished a all species tournament when I was, I believe like 12 and it was just, uh, like a fish fry tournament. So they wanted you to go out and catch as many fish whatever species and then whoever had the most weight um you know then one we actually won these little silver dollars and and then it was like all the drinks you could drink of course you know i'm drinking dr peppers you know but anyway uh i ended up winning you know i caught a bunch of bluegill little catfish uh, some little bass and i ended up winning i had the most weight and uh you know i thought that was pretty cool and i still have those silver dollars that i that they gave me for winning so it's pretty cool I always kept them, and it's one of my oldest physical things that I still have. You know what I mean? It's like one of the oldest things I still have. But uh, but that was that was my first tournament, and then uh, I just got into fishing more and more. You know, that's like all I ever wanted to do. And and my family uh, was all from Southern Illinois, and so in the summers I'd go out and visit them. Um, I grew up in Salt Lake, and but I'd go out and visit them. And my dad had a uh, a friend that told him about a tournament that was going on in uh in southern illinois and anybody could fish it that type of a deal just a little fun deal maybe you know 20 boats and they said we could fish out of our canoe because i used to just cruise around the canoe with a little trolling motor a lot and, um so we went there to the launch ramp and in the morning it was pouring rain and lightning and my dad's like i ain't going out there you know I'm like well i'm going you know of course and uh he says hang on so he went and talked to his buddy and his buddy was going out alone and he had a bass boat and everything he thought we take my kid and he said sure you know so we went out and uh that was my first like actual bass tournament lost my hat you know it blast off the whole deal you know first oh, time there you go. <laughs> yeah it was classic but uh we ended up third and and i caught the second biggest fish uh weighed in so i you know it kind of got me revved up and he was like telling my dad you got to get this kid in the club you know and on and on so when i got back home to utah i ended up finding a bass club and just kind of grew from there um 
you know, over the years, just kept learning, studying, practicing. In in Salt Lake, we don't have a lot. We got a, quite a few bass fisheries, but um, not a ton of them. And you and you only have a limited season. You know, it's kind of like fishing up north. You you have a limited season where you can actually, when the lakes aren't frozen and so forth. Um, so I ended up doing what we called cross training, where I'd go out and fish for bass, but I'd catch trout. So we catch them on tube jigs, jerk baits, small <laughs> crank baits. You know what I mean? That type of thing. So that was one of the things that that helped me in my younger years, just doing this cross training and then you know, fishing all the little, little lakes and ponds and anything I could get to, you know, as time went on and, um, just, uh, just kept fishing bigger and bigger tournaments. Um, over time got into, you know, fishing team tournaments with a good friend, Mark White. Um, we've been fishing team tournaments that traveling together for over 25 years. So, that's, uh, that's pretty but, cool. Yeah. I, I finally, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. When I, um, in 07, I, I quit my last job to fish professionally and it's, you know, it's been ups and downs, you know, throughout, you know, those years, but, um, you know, it, it's always worked out, you know, I pray about it all the time and, you know, ask the Lord, you know, in the tough times, should I hang it up? And he just keeps telling me, just keep fishing, it'll work out. It always has, so be thankful for that. Yeah. I mean, it has, you've, uh, I'm trying to think, I know, uh, I guess, it was either last year or the year before. You were the uh, uh-huh. Western Division AOI. Um, yeah. I guess last year, right? Yeah, last year. Last year, and uh, then, you know, you are doing really pretty well. Well, I imagine you're doing well so far this year. Uh, I know you did well at Havasu when I was out there. But, you know, yeah, how, how, do you yeah. have, how do you sort of pull off fishing professionally out west? Because most people who fish full-time it seems to me do it back east and where the tournaments are where there are all kinds of tournaments and the money Mm -hmm. is really big and out out west you know i guess probably like the biggest single payday you're gonna have is probably a costa event right or maybe a big team tournament yeah the u.s open we have the u.s open over here yeah, that's um, a really good money one that we have. Oh, that's a that's a good point. I mean, that's but a yeah, historic yeah. one too, but it's only one. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's only one one a year. Um, you know, it's really really tough. It, there's only really only a couple of us that can survive just fishing the West. And for me, I mean, I have to fish like 50 tournaments a year. That's what I do. That's how I survive. I fish every Wednesday nighter. I fish team tournaments. I fish, you know, any pro tournaments that are out there. I travel, you know, I ended up fishing the Bass Opens this year in, in the Central Division. Um, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Just, you got to fish a ton. You can't, you can't say, well, I'm going to fish the three coasters and call it good. You know, unless you're going to win one every year, you might be okay. But So, um, Joe Uribe. I can't seem to win one every year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Joe Uribe. But, uh, but, yeah, that's how I do it. I just fish everything. You know, if I, if I go to a team tournament and, and win a thousand bucks and that's what keeps me alive for you know a little bit of time so and so forth and so forth yeah about 50 something tournaments a year that is that is a pile of two weeks in a year so (laughs) but yeah sometimes we're fishing you know three a week so yeah that's a lot i mean that's a lot more events than really anyone uh back east would fish really i mean exactly when you you think about at least on the pro side you know they're fishing probably Mm -hmm. 15 or 20 a year maybe maybe you know right right uh which so is and it does it 
it does a variety of things for me. For one, I'm still learning, and it gives me an opportunity to learn in you know in a tournament setting. Um, it makes you focus harder, um, and then two, I'm just training to you know to be better. You know, and I think you can do that by fishing more. You know, and fishing more tournaments. For sure. When you you when you're actually competing versus practice. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, as far as you, I'm sure you get this question a lot, but you know, there's. Uh, there's Western guys who have like kind of, I guess, made it over on the East Coast. You know, you've got mm-hmm. your, you know, you've got your Aaron Martins and Brent Ailers and, uh, you know, Cody Meyer and guys like that who mm-hmm. have are over fishing full time and most of their time on the right. East Coast. Do you like? Is that something you would want to do? Is it just mm-hmm. that it's cost prohibitive to put up a season of entry fees and then make that travel happen? What's your like where are you on that? Um, it, it it's a little twofold. The, you know, yeah. I mean, I mean, first and foremost, I'm going to pray about anything that happens, and you know, go with with wherever I'm led to be, and uh, and then to my family. You know, I discuss everything with my wife, and and but she's all for it. She wants me to go back and fish one of the tours for sure, and um, we've looked at it. We almost did it last year. And just it just didn't weigh out right, you know. I I really thought that I could make more money um, doing it on the west again versus going back east. So when you fish the tour or either one of the tours for that matter, I mean you you kind of got to go all in, you know. You can fish, you know. It won't be fifty tournaments anymore. You know what I mean? It'll yeah. be it'll be a dozen, you know, or fifteen or something. So. Um, there's a little bit more risk involved, but the rewards are bigger. Um, the steadiness is, is a little bit better. Um, but I'd probably have to do two trucks and two boats probably if I fish FLW tour. So that's a big cost. And, but I don't know. We definitely look at it every year. We think about it. So, um, and yeah, I don't have any problem fishing back East. I love fishing the tour. And I love fishing back east. There's there's so many cool lakes, and I love fishing places that I've never been before and just learning about them. And I just enjoy being out here. I love the the color green, which we don't see a lot in the in Arizona. So that's uh, um, that's the truth. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, in 2010, you fished the tour, and I mean, you did pretty mm-hmm. good. You know, you finished top 50. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you won 35 grand. You had a top 10. Like that's not a bad season. You know, and that's your first no. year doing it. You know, I could see. It definitely seems like you probably have the chops to be successful, uh, but at the same time, you know, uh-huh. it's a big thing to go do. So I understand that. Um, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I, I probably will. I probably will one of these one of these years, maybe next year. Uh, well, we'll see, I mean, uh, maybe see how the cup goes, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll determine a lot. Yeah, I think they have it, isn't it? Uh, it, it say if I won the cup, then I would have to fish the tour the next year to be invited to the cup, correct? Yes. Is and I would, rules? I, yeah, yeah, that is, I think that's the rules. And I imagine that you'd probably uh, be happy to fish the tour then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, winning the, I winning the cup so. would probably, it would, you know, go a long <laughs> way toward making those entry fees a little more palatable. <laughs> yeah, um, no kidding. Uh, but well, that's, a, that's a long ways down the road still, so. But, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm thankful just to be able to fish, you know, fish for a living and, and take care of my family and, and, you know, everything this sport has given me, it's given me everything, you know, I mean, 
even like our family vacations, they're around fishing, you know, because I made it to the cup. Now our whole family is getting together around the aunts and uncles and people we don't see from all around that'll gather for this tournament. And, it, and it's fishing that's bringing them together. So I'm just thankful for everything that fishing brings me and the life that it's created for me. And I'm just really thankful. Well, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. Um, Roy, I guess before I let you go, is there anything uh, anything you want to plug? Uh, any place you want people to follow you uh, as you sort of embark on, well, you finish practice and then embark on this uh, Forestwood Cup uh, round two, basically? Yeah, we'll, we'll do more updates and stuff on Facebook. And, and uh, uh, they can follow me on Facebook because it's the easiest way. They can go to my website. Um, but Facebook's the best, that's for sure. Roy Hawk. Either my personal one, Roy Hawk, or Roy Hawk Fishing. Um, that's my fan page. So that's the easiest way to follow me, and feel free to message me anytime. And and uh, look forward to getting after it, man. I got a few more days of practice here, and and uh, real excited to come back and uh, you know see what's changed and and what's going on and the weather, you know, and everything that's going to unfold. So it should be exciting. All righty. Well, uh, Roy, thanks for the time. Uh, as always, it's a pleasure to talk to you. All right, so Kyle, I figured we'd start things off and uh, talk a little bit about the Forestwood Cup. Um, do you have any, I don't know, do you have any thoughts? Do you have any uh, new uh, topics to uh, touch on? Have you made a fantasy team yet? What are your, What's your Forestwood Cup state of mind? Uh, well, I, made, I did my punnet picks finally, so if anyone's been waiting for those, you know, they're nothing fancy, but they're up there. You can look at them now. All right, I want to go look at him right now. Um, other than that, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't really thought too heavily about the cup. Uh, now, today I was kind of going over. Um, I'm thinking about writing like a probable patterns type article for the cup, like whether it's about schoolers or whether it's about, uh, you know, the shallow bite uh, or something specific with that. Uh, but that's about it. I, I really it just kind of like got through ICAST. I'm heading to Canada next week to go fishing. So I, it hasn't really been too heavy on my mind. You know what I mean? I, uh, I hear you. Okay. I gotta, I gotta hit you here with a question. Oh, sure. You got, you got Andy Morgan on your team for $30. Yep. Talk me through that. Uh, why do I have Andy Morgan on my team? Yeah. Is it cause he's Andy Morgan? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I, I told Bergen when I was writing my like description as to why I picked him. Like, you know, I just get kind of sick of... You should never really have to explain why you have him. Um, I just kind of did it. I actually still have $10 left over uh, that I left sitting on the table with my team. Um, but I feel really good about him. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. I'm not... I, I just don't get a Forest Wood Cup vibe with Andy Morgan. I don't know why. Uh, it, it seems like... Of course, this year, hasn't he, like... He's been in the lead at least once after day three, and uh, it's only a three-day event, so maybe I'm wrong. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I I was, to me, not picking Andy Morgan is probably always stupid unless he has the flu, in which case you should, of course, not pick him. <laughs> right. Um, but I don't know. I just was not super tempted to take Andy Morgan in this one. Um, I um, The reason I like Morgan is because I feel like Murray... Um, the shallow bite is pretty, pretty legit. And there's so much Andy Morgan looking stuff like up the Saluda river. Um, you know, there's like lay downs, there's, 
uh, some bushes. There's like, I mean, there's obviously shallow water, but like the dude is amazing when he can put his trolling motor on like 70, 80% and just go, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and looking when I did that past cups thing, I mean, that's how guys, the top 10, that's what they do. They cover a bunch of water. I mean, rarely do you find a guy that just kind of camps on one spot. You had Michael Woolley last time, um, you know, fishing out deep, kind of fishing slow. Uh, you had Gagliardi kind of waiting around for schoolers, but rarely is it like a someone had a 100-yard stretch. Now, thrift fish like a bay or like a creek arm, um, but even still, I mean, that was like trolling motor on 70%, down the thing, throw it, whatever, skip a dock. Throw a topwater, throw a buzzbait, throw a, you know, drag a worm a little bit. Just, it, it seems very Andy Morgan-y. And, uh, I don't know, I just, I kind of had a little feeling about it. Plus, yeah, it's Andy Morgan. Yeah. I, uh, I like you. I think, uh, the two guys who I kind of have, like, a little feeling about are, well, three. Jeff Sprague, Brandon Cobb, and John Cox. Oh, yeah. And John Cox, I don't have on my team, and I kind of regret not having him on my team. But I also really wanted Scott Canterbury on my team because of like the whole redemption thing, mm-hmm. and that'd be cool. But like Sprague and Cobb, like I feel like they're gonna catch him. Yeah, no, I won't argue with it at all um, about the. I guess to me, and I love Sprague, and if he's listening to this, it's nothing against you. I just don't quite get the vibe that you do but Cobb for sure like this is Cobb's time of the year hot as crap and and uh you know tough fishing that's like Brandon Cobb does really well in those situations I mean he's top 10 in the last two forestwood cups what's going to happen when you put him on you know maybe not his home lake but it's about as close as you can get to it pretty darn close yeah exactly right <laughs> I mean look out um yeah i feel i feel you on the uh cob love for sure tell i me, think that tell me about sprague though well you know here's the thing and we're, we're not trying to get ahead of ourselves on the we will do a forestwood cup fantasy podcast we're just oh yeah oh yeah we will because we got plenty of practice to like figure that out in we, it's sure. gonna happen i just he's had two really really good seasons like i think a lot of people maybe aren't getting over just how good his last two seasons are. I mean, you go back-to-back top 10 in the AOI, like, that's the kind of stuff that Thrift and Meyer and Morgan do. Like, that's what the greats do, is they finish top 10 in AOI. And he hasn't been doing it as long as they have. But I'm kind of... I think that probably just from a pure fishing perspective, like, I expect him to smoke him here he's a really good grass fisherman i mean you look at the last two tournaments on the potomac which is you know a lot of grass a lot of it's definitely a shallow bite there he's finished what like 11th and 10th or whatever the heat's not going to be an issue i mean he's one of the you know younger more in shape guys he's from texas like i think that if there's a shallow bite to be had which i think there is you know, just like with Andy Morgan, he's a guy I kind of want on my side fishing that. If yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. That's a. I'm buying all that. Um. You know, I watched him at the Cup last year fishing pads, on uh. In uh, what what do you call it? On Wheeler and. <laughs> yeah, that's like. Yeah, that's where we were. Gosh, it seems so long ago. It does. Um. 
I noticed, I saw you had Jeremy Lawyer on your team, and I'm like, man, remember he was catching on that little spoon at Wheeler last year? Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, but Jeff Sprague was fishing in the pads, and he didn't really do all that well in that tournament. But I was on him on, I think, day one, and he caught like a three-pounder out of the pads, and he just, he looked, just watching him do it, he had a, you know, it was day one of the cup, he had like one fish in his in the boat in the boat or something like that and then he caught another good one and then he had one you know really it didn't hit his bait so much as like missed it like fish sometimes do in the pads where you're probably never going to catch that fish right but he just he had sort of a calmness and a you know just a he i felt like he was in a really good mental place and i'm really eager to see what he's like in another forestwood cup because i think that he's got stuff to build on for sure uh but anyhow We'll see. It's going to be fun. Um, I have been doing some research on grass at Lake Murray. Because as I think everyone knows at this point, there's more of it than usual this year. Yes. Um, and there's more, like, so there's more both of the, uh, like, gator grass and and uh, the water willow, the bank grass type stuff, which was so key last time. There's also a lot of... Um, Gosh, where is my... There it is. There's also a lot of Southern Naiad, which is also called Bushy Pondweed. And those are the two actual names for it. There's Southern Naiad, Bushy Pondweed. I've also heard people calling it uh, Witchgrass, which is not... I mean, that's kind of a made-up name. But it, you know, if it's your deal, it's your deal. Call it whatever you will. Sure. Um... And then uh, also fuzzy pondweed, which is definitely closer to bushy pondweed, but still not exactly correct. Um, but anyhow, it, it's a submergent grass, and it's a really thin, like, kind of crappy grass, like a really difficult grass to fish around because it just clumps onto your baits and stuff like that. Ah. Uh, but it's growing out in, like, 12 feet of water in places. And by and large, I don't think the fishermen have figured out how to catch fish in it. Or even if the bass are really using it a lot. But there's definitely a lot more cover. Okay. Also, I did some uh, light Googling and found out that it uh, ducks really like eating it. So we should expect to see a good population of ducks at Lake Murray this this uh, August. Um, so anyhow, that's, my, that's, that's what that grass is. And I think, you know, it might be that it doesn't play at all come tournament time because... There's enough water. There's enough water willow. There's enough uh, gator grass. You know, there's enough of the regular stuff. There are schooling fish that we just see sort of typical Lake Murray play out, maybe mm-hmm. with a little bit better shallow bite. But we also might see like somebody figure out something in this grass, which would be something that even to this point the locals haven't done on the lake. And I'm true. It's something to keep an eye on. I'm not saying it's probable though, because really, how many times have has pondweed been a critical factor in a bass tournament? You know what I mean? It's not, yeah, not one of the often. famous types yeah. of grass. So I don't know. That's uh, that's my uh, Lake Murray grass minute. Okay, I like it. That's good to know. That's good info. Yeah, it is. Uh, you ready to hear about uh, this USA bass thing? Oh, bring it to me. Okay, so uh, U.S. Angling has announced the uh, members of the USA bass team which are going to compete 
in the World Bass Championship this October um, on the Vaal River in South Africa. And the uh, the guys on it are uh, team captain Scott Martin and then David Dudley, Mark Rose, David Fritz, James Watson, Scott Canterbury, Fred Rambanis, and Lionel Botha. Which, that last one just really confuses the heck out of me. I've got to get to the bottom of with it. you. I guess he's like a local ringer. I didn't know he was... I don't know how they pick these guys. I guess he lives in America now, but I didn't think he was American. Anyhow. He's from South Africa. Yeah, that's what... Right? Like, yeah, that's he should what be I'll... on the South Africa team. <laughs> I mean, Anyhow. it's great because maybe he'll give us a leg up on, like, you know, some spots to fish. Yeah. But yeah, I, I was thrown off too. But a very... It's a very... Uh, it's an interesting group of guys. It is a very interesting mix. Uh, I mean, you've got worldwide, which is key. Uh, <laughs> and then, I mean, it's just a very interesting group of guys. Like this, this whole, the team is extremely diverse. Uh, yes. From a where they're at, what kind, what their personalities are. Like, I'm very interested to see how this thing uh, turns out. It's the. Uh, the Confederation Internationale de Peche Sportive, which I guess is the, that'd be the International Confederation of uh, Sport Fishing. I think so. SIPS is uh, trying to make bass fishing an Olympic sport. And uh, this is, I guess, sort of a test run. And uh, I don't know. We'll see. It'll be, uh, it'll be kind of interesting. I would, I'm very curious to see how these guys do if, and I can't decide if I really would not like to go to South Africa <laughs> to cover a bass tournament or if I really would like to go to South Africa to cover a bass tournament. Yeah. Uh, it seems like I would probably, like, the travel would be a pain. Like, it would be a long time on an airplane. Oof, yeah. Uh, like, a really long time. No, thanks. probably, I mean, it's probably, like, way more than t- 24 hours to get there, I would think. Because it's not like you just fly right there. Like you got to fly to like Germany or something and then fly down. Uh, but gosh, it would be uh, it would be interesting for sure. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, we got that going. Um, October uh, two through eight. So quite and, a long tournament. <laughs> and it's like a weird format because they're like a team, but not everyone will fish in the event or something like that. It'll be like they select. Only certain guys. They, like, pick amongst themselves who's going to actually fish. Oh, like who's dialed in? Yeah. All right. Let's hope it's a cranking bite. <laughs> I want to see David Fritz up there sitting down, just cranking in giants left and right. Hey, that'd be fine. It'd be amazing. I'd be all right with that. Um. So, anyhow, you got that. There's a uh, story and video on FLWFishing.com, which I would, uh, if you want more information... That would be the place to go. Uh, Definitely. Definitely. Uh, Kyle, you got some BFLs for me? Oh, man. We had four of them this past weekend. And I don't know. I think I'm going to save that one. We're going to – we'll start things off. Oh, you're doing the gray buck one last, aren't you? I'm going to save gray for last, yeah. (laughs) Uh, We'll start with the Buckeye Division event on the Ohio River. uh, And Chris Martinkovic. Oh, it's not Martinkovic? I don't know. I – I, it's just he's Martin Kovic. That's how I type it anyway. So okay. that's what I said. But you're right. He's a hammer. Chris, I'm sorry for potentially just completely botching your last name. But anyway, he won that one. A whopping nine pounds, two ounces. 
Classic Ohio River Derby. Dude, second place, though, seven pounds, seven ounces. So he was pretty dialed. So was the guy in second. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, actually. I should a... stop making fun of the Ohio River. <laughs> it was a tie for second. It was Chris Wilkinson, who's also a hammer. Yep. Uh, and uh, James Hailstones tied for second, 7-7. Seven, seven. Good on you, boys. Uh, but anyway, he was just uh, flipping a black DNL tackle advantage jig with a uh, Super Chunk Junior on it. And uh, fishing like log jams and debris, pretty close to the ramp because apparently the river's really high and flooded and um, dirty. And uh, yeah, he just kind of like used his local knowledge and won a cool six grand, sixty six hundred bucks for catching nine pounds two ounces. So props, mad props. Well done. Uh, then you got the LBL division event. This was a rescheduled. BFL from earlier in the year? Um, yeah, I actually went fishing the day that it got rescheduled from. It was that really was like windy. like the windy, that day. nasty yeah. day, right? Yeah. It, the weather was beautiful. It was just really windy. Um, yeah, that's right. And I think probably a lot of people would have liked that they fished that day. Uh, that said, it would have been a really, really rough ride back <laughs> for a lot of guys. It was fine in the morning, but from like noon on... There were like four footers, so it wouldn't have been fun coming back. Got you. Well, in any case, uh, Drew Boggs won that one. Surprise, surprise. He's yep. also pretty good. Yeah. Uh, he uh, he basically he caught some fish um, out deep uh, on a prototype jig from Jenko, and then he went and flipped some trees and laydowns and stuff uh, up shallow to round out his limit. So his two big ones came offshore. Then he flipped a big bite bait craw tube with a Jenko creature weight um, up around shallow in like two to three feet of water and caught like 20 fish throughout the course of the day. Said it was awesome. Uh, he had 24 pounds, 11 ounces is what he won with. That sounds pretty awesome. Second place, 19 pounds, 13 ounces. So fairly handily. Cole Floyd finished in third. Dan Moorhead finished in ninth. That Cole Floyd dude is uh, really catching him lately. He's a hammer. We ought to do a story on him. Hey, put it put it on the put it on the notepad. We'll consider it. Post cup. Cole <laughs> Floyd. Um let's see, we had a Michigan division event moving on. Uh that was on St. Clair. Uh Eric Smile. Hodgins won that one, twenty three pounds, eleven ounces. Uh he was on the he's from Ontario. He fished the Canadian side. Um and he was fishing uh weeds in uh, 18 to 20 feet of water. Um, and yeah, that was pretty much it. He caught some fish. Said his spot lock thing was key. Um, for kind of staying on the precise thing, you had like one little area you actually wanted to kind of hold on. Um, and then used a what do we fish a tube? Mike's prescription baits. What was it actually in St. Clair that he won? Uh, I think so. I think cool. in the title I put Erie, uh, which I screwed that up because I was reading something else. Uh, I got to fix that. That's my bad. Uh, um, cool. But I believe it was, well, it'd have to be because, yeah. Yeah, there's grass there. There's no grass right. in Erie. Right. Oh, um, that makes sense. Duh. But Mike's prescription bait tube, Yamamoto shad shape worm on a drop shot. 
and yeah. Anyhow, it's got me real hyped for St. Clair next year. Word. Uh, and then the final one was a Northeast Division event on Oneida and Tour rookie Gray Buck won it with 18 pounds even. Uh, he was fishing 9 to 12 feet of water around some grass and rock, but he was like drop shotting individual fish basically. Um, again, shad shaped worm on a drop shot. So if you want to catch a smallmouth, apparently a shad shaped worm is the deal. Um, which I do like a shad shaped worm. Yeah, they work pretty good. Um, yeah, so I was driving by that, uh, the, uh, oh, not when you drive to the Thousand Islands, you take, uh, from my house, you take, uh, 90 west, then you get on 81, and 81 crosses over Oneida on the far okay. western side of it. And so I was driving by, I'm like, man, there's a lot of boats out there today. And I drove by at like maybe 7.30 in the morning because I left really early in the morning. Uh, <laughs> and um, then I got up there and later on, I'm like, I was like scrolling around, I'm like, ah, Gray Buck want to turn him on Oneida. That'd be why there were so many boats there. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I've obviously was uh, pretty dialed in on that, but anyhow, that's awesome. I like, uh, I like Gray catching fish. He's really yeah. turned into a BFL hammer. I mean, it's a good thing for the uh, rest of the division that he is fishing the tour this year and not full-timing that division because no kidding. he, uh, the last few years he's, you know, I, I won't say he's dominated it or anything. There's other good guys in it, but he's uh, had a very good, uh, very good couple of years, I would say. Oh, no doubt. Um, anyhow, we got to get off the phone real fat, pretty quick here for a meeting. But I figured I would say this. When I, so remember, I went to the Thousand Islands. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't really do very well. I didn't go into the lake really at all, which I regret. Um, Was it blowing? But, well, one day, the second day, it was blowing in the morning, and I went then, and then Billy kind of thought it was going to start blowing more, and I was kind of thinking it wasn't, and so we went back in the river, and then it basically stopped. Uh, uh, so we kind of played that wrong. Um, I mean, I caught fish, but not really a lot of big ones. Um, it was just a little bit tougher than I anticipated, uh, it wasn't like last time when I just, you know, when it was crazy, he was dumb. Um, but I'm sure that by the time the uh, pros get there and also they'll know what they're doing, they're not me. Um, <laughs> you know, they're going to put in multiple days of practice. I think it's probably just going to be a smash fest and I'm looking forward to it because I still love it up there. I mean, even like not catching them that good. Oh, it's such a pretty place. Oh, I agree. I mean, so beautiful. So many those uh, so many cool boats to look at from like ships to lobster boat looking things, mm-hmm. the old wooden boats, the cigarette boats. It's just, I mean, a lot a little much boat traffic for me on the weekends, I suppose. Right, but, right. It's a little hectic. Uh, other than that, one none of them are fishing, so that's nice. And uh, you know, it's gosh, it's so pretty up there. I'm a fan. I'm I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I don't get to go. Oh, yeah. You should just come. We can put three guys on there. I mean, Charles is there, but we can... The room I've got, it's got a second bed. You can sleep in that if you need to. If I if I wasn't going to Canada, I totally would. I'm just saying, it's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of big smallmouths. That's true. Uh, but anyhow, I'm excited. Uh, 
you guys should all be excited. I think next week to uh, preview the uh, to preview it, we'll probably have a special all Scott Dobson episode. And uh, also, yeah. I think um, we're gonna actually make some Coast to Challenge picks. Ah, yes. Uh, and I will tell people what they are because you'll be in Canada doing your fishing thing. Right. But we'll make them ahead of time. Don't worry. It's going to happen. All right. Um, also, like 175 boats right now in the field, so another big one. Um, so Northern Division crushing it this year. Keep it up, boys. Digging it. Um, Kyle, you got anything else? Uh, I got one shout-out I got to give uh, to someone. Well, he might be listening. Uh, well, A, number one, Chad Eddings, if you're listening. It was nice, meet, nice meeting you the other weekend. Uh, also, uh, my wife flew back from L.A. on Sunday, Sunday evening. She's in the airport. This dude is watching um, some of our iCast stuff on his phone. And she was like, hey, that's my husband on there. And he was like, no way. So she showed him some pictures of me and her. And uh, he said he likes listening to the podcast, like Circuit Breaker. And uh, so if you're listening, I don't know what your name is, but thanks. And if you want to send an email to podcast at flwfishing.com, let me know who you are. That'd be sweet, because I'm kind of curious. All right. Cool. I like it. <laughs> Other than that, that's that's all I got. Uh, well, that's good. Um, folks, obviously, you got the uh, email, but also you can find uh, us on... Uh, Instagram at Kyle Lumber at Jody Blanco. FLW is on Instagram and most other places at FLW Fishing on Snapchat at FLW Official. Um, all things that you will need uh, going forward. Absolutely. Uh, on YouTube, we have a bazillion videos of things from iCast to look at, as well as a fun video with Kyle that uh, also includes Rue. So there is a rue sighting in there. Absolutely. I would, you know, <laughs> go for the rue, stay for the Kyle or vice versa. Right. Whatever floats your boat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyhow, I'd uh, urge you to check that out and uh, have a great weekend because it looks like, well, I imagine it'll be a beauty and the fishing is great up north here and I would never want to leave. And I think I might go to like Winnipesaukee later this week. Might even get to go fishing with Joe Holland. What? Uh, dude, I don't know if you've been checking his Instagram out, but dude, he's been smashing them. <laughs> so I may do that, but yeah, you we'll should see. make that happen. It's a little up in the air right now, but anyhow, Kyle, as always, it's been a pleasure. Absolutely, Jody. Uh, have fun, have fun out in Thousand Islands, and I will holler at you in like a week and some change from now. All right, well, enjoy Canada. Thank you, sir. See you. <laughs>